What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This week, it finally happened. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer is here, and we are going to talk all about it and dive into the first three episodes of Marvel's What If, now streaming on Disney+. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. Right, all right. Don, another beautiful weekend. I don't know what the weather's doing up in Chicago. It's kind of like scattered storms here in Texas, but I'm here with my fall beer, my Oktoberfest, hanging out with my friend, ready to talk about some Spider-Man and what if. But before we get to that, how are you doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Yes, enjoying the weekend as usual, recording Saturday. We're kind of like weekend warriors. We always talk about how much we love the weekend and who doesn't. Uh, to quote the band Pieball, there should be five days of weekend instead of five days of work. But uh, <laughs> oh, pulling out the Pieball quotes, all right. <laughs> those who know, know, I've been listening to that album lately. I don't know why I just pulled it out and I was like, man, this is good. This it is, a good one. but I, it's a weird album because I have ties to it. Really weird. Like I remember, like when I was nineteen, and you and I, when I moved to Texas, and you and I went on that crazy road trip with no cell phones and a car that broke down in the middle of like fucking yeah. mississippi or wherever the hell we were and like had a broken car we couldn't call anybody we couldn't get any help and i remember we listened to that album like non-stop that whole trip from chicago to texas like to galveston you're, you're and right. for whatever reason that whole album i just have it in my head as this whole like weird road trip and like where i was at 18 19 and it's just locked in my head so it's it's a weird it holds it holds a weird spot in your brain and your memory bank yeah it's it's a, such a good album and it bring it brings back good memories but it's just a weird like it's uh, one that I, really does kind of transport me somewhere else and it's kind of weird that's what good music is supposed to do so i i guess yeah piebald we are the only friends that we have is that what that album was called it, yeah that is the name of that album man mm-hmm. pulled that out of my ass <laughs> Uh, enough talking about piebald all these people don't understand what the hell we're talking about yeah yeah that's that's a deep cut there and yeah we just lost we lost 12 listeners uh yeah they're talking inside baseball too much about their lives i know you next 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 uh, <laughs> but man you're, you had a good week yeah man it's been an all right week you mentioned the weather it's been hot here yeah like uh pretty much hotter than it's been all summer i always i keep saying like it's been a mild moderate summer and i was trying not to jinx it because i remember days last year where we were hitting the hundreds here and the humidity level was up there with the it's one of the it was it'd be those kind of hots where you walk outside the house and you can't breathe yeah which i know you're familiar with living in texas but like we haven't had too many of those but this this past week like it's weird the last week of august is when it finally decides to get hot you usually imagine like 4th of July, July being the hottest month, but no, it's been really hot, but it's okay. I don't mind the heat. It's just humidity is what gets me. Like I said, yeah. you know, when you're just profusely sweating and can't breathe. And you guys are right off the lakes. So that humidity is way worse than me. I'm more desert. So it's hot, mm-hmm. but we get humid, but it's not too crazy. What's so funny is talking about this heat as we're sitting here, like I said, with our Oktoberfest beer, all the fall beers are coming out. So it's yeah. really crazy to kind of like tie that together. It's hundred degrees outside right now, but Oktoberfest <laughs> fall beers are here. <laughs> right. You imagine hot weather, you're drinking something light and crisp 
and Oktoberfest beers are a little darker, a little heavier, but still like not too heavy. It's kind of that in between heavy. I always feel weird about buying, um, Oktoberfest beers when it's not October yet. <laughs> like right. when they start coming out in August, I'm like, is it too early? Should I still be drinking summer be- Summerfest right. type beers? Right. But I, but I see them and they always are like, Oh, it's, I want to try it. Like, let me switch it up a little bit. So yeah, I'm sitting here enjoying an off color brewing, uh, Chicago brewery waddle their Oktoberfest lager 6.5. Nice. Pretty tasty. Pretty tasty. Nice. Yeah. I got the shiner. Oh yeah. Texas shiner yeah. Oktoberfest, which I think you can get that all over the country now. I have seen those up here too. Yeah. Shiner's a good what used to be one of my go-tos, like their regular, just 12 pack of their regular beer. Yeah, the Bach. Their Bach. Yeah, it's a good one. Pretty usually moderately priced as well. Like you can get a 12 pack for, you know, a little over 10 bucks. So yeah, that's not bad. I tried yeah. with, I jumped with my first six pack. I grabbed a Sam Adams pumpkin. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I always end up getting a pumpkin, but I don't like any of them. And this one was so bad. I couldn't even get through a full bottle of the Sam Adams. I'm going to end up using it for like baking or for like chili or something. It mm-hmm. was so sweet. And it would, yeah. they went more like pumpkin pie as opposed to just pumpkin. And I did not like it. So I was like, oh, this just became a, a cooking beer here. And then I went <laughs> back to the store like the next day and was like, all right, let me grab the Shiner Oktoberfest and one I know I like. Mm-hmm. And let me go with that one. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, man, I'm not huge on the pumpkin thing. The big pumpkin takeover that happens this time of year and around Halloween. Yeah. Like pump, pumpkin beers, pumpkin lattes, pumpkin coffee at Dunkin' Donuts and everything. People are like, oh, pumpkin's back. And, you know, I don't want to hate on stuff people like. You can like what you like. I like weird stuff too, but it's just not my thing. Like the taste is not just something I particularly enjoy. Yeah. So like I've tried to make myself like and get into the pumpkin beer craze because people seem to love it. But I was like, these aren't that good to me. I don't, I'm not into them. So I don't know. Somewhere in there, I feel like they've now started to sweeten too much with a lot of the mm. pumpkin stuff. I feel like pumpkin, because pumpkin's a very mild flavor. So I feel like they've now started to be like, well, we're going to do pumpkin pie instead. So the coffees and everything, I feel like it's a lot sweeter now than it was yeah. even a couple of years ago. So I'm falling out of it. I do like pumpkin donuts, though. I do end up getting me some pumpkin donuts um, at, yeah. least, at least once. And the grocery store here has some decent ones. I had some pumpkin donut holes this morning. Those were good. So I'm ready for fall, but it's 100 degrees. And, you know, fall may or may not happen this year, you know. (laughs) Yeah. With the the way global warming is, we'll probably still be in like the 90s in October. So, and we'll freeze in January. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At least, eh, I guess that's not, I guess freezing in January is normal. But anyway, I think we've gone on about fall (laughs) beers and global warming long enough. It's time to jump into the show because, Don, we finally got the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer after it leaked. People mm-hmm. lost their jobs. It became chaos. It was fun as hell this week to watch all of that crazy news and wondering if I was going to watch a leaked version from a cell phone onto another cell phone because I almost did that when I found it. But we're going to talk all about that. But first, we want to make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this show on all podcasts and social media platforms. We want to make sure you hit us up with five stars wherever you can review us. It helps us out a lot. Um, if you leave your name and where you're writing in or reviewing from, we will make sure to give you a shout out on the show. So definitely uh, take care of us so we can take care of you. If you want to join the conversation, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Raised a Geek. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's. There's no ending to that. I was about to say at Raised a Geek, but nope, just at Raised a Geek. So hit us Twitter.com. We now have over 900 followers, so make sure you become one before we hit the big 1,000. We want to thank everyone who has already followed. That's super awesome, and we're glad to see you guys enjoying the community that we have out there. Also, we do have an email, so you can hit us up at raisedgeek at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to uh, hear what you have to say. So definitely make sure that your voices are heard. But Don, oh yeah, it is time for some Spider-Man No Way Home trailer because... Man, this just took over the world this week. We had earlier in this week, what was it, Sunday? Mm-hmm. Sunday, we, there was news that the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that people didn't even know if it existed. And Kevin Feige was like, you'll see it before the movie comes out. And he was being all coy about things. And now all of a sudden, then it was like his, his workers were like, screw you, Kevin Feige. You didn't give me a good performance review. So, bam. So someone took a cell phone footage of another cell phone playing it. They didn't even have the courtesy to turn it and put it in landscape mode. They sat there and watched it in portrait like a rube. But it was all blurry. It was all stupid. I found it. But all the rumors then started coming out. And then you had the the trolls that were like making up their own rumors for what was in this trailer because it wasn't easily. Marvel went through super like scrubbing trying to get this thing off and some wonder if it forced Marvel's hand to actually release the damn thing because now it was already out there. They were supposedly supposed to do a closed door reveal on Monday at like CinemaCon, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But then uh, now that it turned out to be, was it Tuesday when they dropped it? Or was it that Monday? It wasn't Monday was, night. I think, yeah, was it was it? that okay. Monday night because, yeah, I was at the car dealership that Monday night. So when I'm getting all these texts from you and this trailer's out, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't watch yeah. it. I don't want to just watch it on my phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't want to watch it on my phone. So I was like, I got to I gotta get it. I got to get it. So I got home and that was like the first thing I did. Had my Wendy's. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Watch this trailer, Don. How did this trailer make you feel? And now we can talk. So we're going to speculate the hell out of what this movie is because we've talked about this from time to time. And it's always been like, well, maybe. And we'll see what happens with the trailer. And we've been all just kind of like, eh. now we can actually jump into because we saw some stuff. And we can we, actually we get did. a better idea of what this movie finally is. And Don, I can't wait to hear what you think. Because honestly, I don't think we've actually talked about it yet. No, we haven't had much uh, conversation about it yet. Um, I'm with you on all your thoughts there about the leaks. I didn't think that it was... Or I thought that was kind of crazy. And it's like, it's crazy to me just to think how rabid the internet and online community is for like just tidbits about things so much to the point so that we're getting leaks like leaked trailers and you know it costs somebody at that studio their job i'm sure intentionally or not intentionally however it got released but whoever's copy of it it was found its way onto the internet and people are actually watching it like i don't i don't understand wanting to not see it in its true the true way it's intended like a full official release like to watch it on cell phone video of cell phone video just seemed like when i saw that going around and i was hearing about the leaks i was like i'm not watching it like this like no matter how tempted i am just to see i do not want to see it this way i want to watch it like in clear picture on my 4k (laughs) yeah on my computer or tv or ipad or whatever this is the way i want to watch it not just like grainy video but then also by knowing that it was leaked. I was like, well, it's only a matter of time now. It's either going to happen today, tomorrow, whatever. And it was, I think, the next day or the same day. Something similar happened with Endgame or Infinity War when that trailer leaked from like cell phone video at Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah we got the trailer finally and man i've watched it maybe 10 times now <laughs> just like I, I know i watched it three times back to back uh and i've watched it a couple other times showed my wife uh watched it again a few times myself this is what we all been waiting for man we've been waiting to see just something and it was pretty glorious just to finally get some glimpses of what's going on in this highly anticipated movie um it's gonna be huge it's gonna be huge i it's hard to find the words to say exactly like it's hard to be super as pumped about a trailer as you would about the movie but that's kind of how it feels just like it's so big like to see just a little glimpses of things um we've talked about before trailers are hard because i don't want to see too much Mm -hmm. but i also want to see enough to like get me extra excited um this trailer i feel like walked the line of that pretty well of showing you enough to pique your interest a little more that so but not to give away the entire movie which is yeah. what i was worried about yeah um i was expecting to see a lot more just because of the speculation and i was yeah. like don't don't give it to me don't give it to me there are things that i want to see i've said it many times the 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 Su- batman superman trailer gives the whole movie away and why they would ever give away that money shot of the trinity Batman, Mm -hmm. Superman, Wonder Woman standing there with their weapons and just ready for battle. Why they would give that shot away in a trailer is beyond me. And there is potential in this movie for shots that are that like that kind of like mind bending. Yeah. And epic is. Yeah, that's the word. And if they give any shot like that away in this trailer and in any trailer for this movie, it's just going to be so frustrating, you know, because there's certain things I just want to experience in the movie at that moment. I can't remember if they did it, but even like, you know, that obviously Avengers scene when they first kind of are at that battle in New York for the first Avengers movie. Did they give that shot away at the, on the trailer? I don't think so. It's, it's, I know it's synonymous with like Marvel now. They show it constantly. Um, so I, I've seen it so many times. I can't remember the first time I saw it, but I feel like I saw it in the movie the first time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, we're going to, we're going to want those moments because, you know, even Marvel, we've had moments like that. Um, you know, cap catching Milnor for the first time. If that would have been in a trailer, I would have been pissed. Right. Like if, if I wouldn't have seen that, like as a initial reaction, seeing the movie for the first time. So I, I know there's scenes in this movie that are going to feel similar to that like spoilers i don't know if we can really say spoilers spoilers for a trailer you can't really spoil a trailer it's out there for everyone to watch but like the biggest part of this is at the end um dr octopus returning Mm -hmm. that's the big that's the big moment but even before that we see uh green goblin bomb and that was the first oh shit moment and then you get the doc ock oh shit moment but they both seem like they're taking like this is my i'm trying i'm gonna get to a point of like not giving away too much (laughs) Um, so those are two somewhat giveaways, but we already knew the Doc Ock thing. We already knew because Alfred Molina has decided that he wanted to talk about it openly, (laughs) Yeah, which, which I'm sure he was reprimanded for. And like Kevin Feige probably put in a call to him right away. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that's not how we do things here. (laughs) Um, but so they kind of gave us that one, I think, because we already knew the Green Goblin bomb was kind of rumored. But they did show us that, and I'm glad they didn't fully show us Green Goblin because I have a feeling that was on the bridge when that bomb rolled, and then Dr. Octopus comes up out of the bridge too. So they're going to be in the same scene together, I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah. Like seeing Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus in this movie together, if they were to show that in this trailer, I'd have been a little upset. Like but I, that's, so, that's something I want to see on screen without it being spoiled in a trailer. Yes. But they gave you enough to know to be hyped because you yes. saw that bomb. That was the exact bomb that he was using in the original Spider-Man, Sam. Raimi. Oh yeah. And you, Perfect. you could hear Willem Dafoe laughing. Yeah. You could hear that laugh that ha, 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 whatever he did, you could mm-hmm. just hear him. And I'm just like, Oh shit. They're going to have, I, which I had no idea that until really that day when the rumors started coming and speculation, then I saw before the trailer that Willem Dafoe was rumored to be in this movie. I had zero idea that he was rumored, but now it's like, no dude, that dude is in this movie with Alfred Molina. And then it, it, it begs the question of which Peter were they talking to? <laughs> exactly. Like they cut, they cut to it. You saw Alfred Molina, like, Hey Peter, do you think he was really talking? I, they cut to Tom Holland, but I would put oh. money that he's not talking to Tom Holland. No, they they cut to Peter. They cut to Tom Holland, Peter, in like his iron spider suit immediately after to make it seem like that's who he's talking yeah. to. That ain't who he's talking to. Yeah. Who else? How would he know Tom Holland? Right. Like he's talk. He's talking to his Peter. That's yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. speculating too, and just me hoping oh. as a fanboy. Yeah. But like he's talking to Tobey Maguire. There's no. There's no that's way he's so not. There's no way. Insane man. That's so. Yeah. Crazy. There's. There's no way he's not. And um. Like the strong, the strongest rumors out there that we've all known, we all hear them. Everyone paying attention is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this movie, but I'm, they didn't show any of that in the trailer, which I'm happy about. Oh God, so happy! It makes me a little worried about a second trailer spoiling something because you know these this movie's gonna have a second trailer. They don't they need all... a second trailer. They don't need a second trailer. I hope <laughs> they don't do a second trailer. I hope we don't have to sit here and talk about a second trailer. <laughs> because i can't i can't handle uh anymore like they give away more of this movie if they start treating this movie like they're doing with shang chi and just Mm -hmm. overwhelming us with details and overwhelming us with just like content to absorb for this movie to try i understand that they're trying to hype up shang chi because they need that box office which we're going to talk about here in a minute but i i just i can't i i i don't know if i could watch a second trailer for this movie i just don't know if i can because i'm i'm really nervous of what they'll give away Here's the problem that I'm having with that is I know they're going to do one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, they'll wait about a month, maybe in October, November, maybe with when Eternals comes out, they'll try to put a new trailer, Spider-Man trailer with it. So we all, that's a given. We know it's going to happen. My issue is if I don't watch it and something happens that I get ruined for, by someone telling me about it or reading about it on the internet and not seeing it with my own eyes. I don't know. It's hard. I'm putting my faith in Marvel studios to give me something more, something more, I guess, but not something crazy that you, they shouldn't, which I think Marvel is pretty good about, but it's still scary to think about. Like Shang-Chi had a first trailer and a second trailer, and now they're all going crazy with TV spots. And they're showing a ton of like, to get that hype up. Like, I don't need Spider-Man TV spots. I don't need that. I know a second trailer is going to come. It's just the fact of like, they're going to force me to watch it because I don't want someone else telling me about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, because um, because even if you're watching it in a trailer, yes, I'd rather watch it in the movie for the first time. But if I watch it in a trailer, at least I'm still seeing it. Mm-hmm. And not being told about it because yeah, then if all of a sudden all the news I go on YouTube and every video is reacting to some crazy moment in this trailer, then I'm going to be like, shit, 
Yeah. You know, I really wish I would have watched that trailer. It's like I said, would rather watch in a movie, but I understand what you're saying. Like a second trailer. If you want to show me electro, show me electro. Jamie Foxx talked about it already. Show me electro. If you want to show me another one of the villains like that, we think might be in here. People think in this first trailer, they saw electro and Sandman already. Like yeah, the lightning, the lightning bolt coming down and like the sand moving around, which might've been turning into a human form. Okay. If you want to show me one of those guys, cool. I don't want to see Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yo, that, honestly, those are the two. Them. That's really it. They could show me anything else. I don't want to see the two of them. I don't want to, I don't want to see any interaction. I just, I don't want to know that they're in this movie until I'm in the theater. Yeah. I mean that you're hundred percent right. Yeah. Show me all the villains. They're, they're also thinking they saw Lizard and Venom in the mm-hmm. trailer during this one scene. And I've looked, stared at all these screenshots of people arguing over if it's Lizard or Venom. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> see anything in this. You guys yeah. are crazy. But yeah, that's a, str- that's a stretch. That's a stretch. And, you know, who knows? Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of wishful thinking for what this movie is going to be. But it's kind of, you know, it's yeah. obviously speculation. It's rumors. It's just hype at this moment uh the one thing i wanted to ask you about this when we're because we got a little bit more of obviously what the story for this movie is yes. and really seems like coming off of no way home nope far from home far from home too many homes. far from home yeah coming back from far from home where jake gyllenhaal's mysterio basically told the world who spider-man was and the plot of this movie seems to hinge on Peter going to Dr. Strange to try mm-hmm. to cast a spell to undo and, you know, keep his secret. And then because, as we know, this Peter Parker can't stop talking, he, you know, magical hijinks ensue and he kind of ruins the spell and opens up the multiverse. Now, my question to you comes from this idea that we really kind of were speculating that we weren't getting this trailer because this was the rumored plot that this movie was going to have to do with the multiverse. So we were coming off of the idea that they needed Loki to finish because Loki was kicking off the multiverse. But now if you follow this trailer, it seems like Loki in the multiverse has nothing to do with it. And Dr. Strange is opening the multiverse. So then like, are they swerving us with the plot of this movie to a point? Does do do actually like the moments of Loki or the consequences that come from the end of Loki really what do they matter in this movie or what? Yeah, that's where I'm confused at when you're trying to tie in the greater MCU because you're thinking Loki kicking off the multiverse. Now we should start seeing those ripples in the movies. And that was our expectation. But now they're giving us a completely different story for this movie based on this trailer. I think the thing I think about most with that is. We all know Marvel has a connection. They they try to keep things connected as possible. There's no way that the multiverse that we were introduced to in Loki uh, would not also affect the the same word is used in this trailer, multiverse. Even Doctor yeah. Strange says multiverse. There's no way that there won't be a connection. I think the trailer was a little bit of a swerve to us, maybe. Um, in the true essence of what happened there in the basement with Peter and strange. Um, I think the key word here is going to be nexus event. Like that may be the nexus event of theirs, like that strange and Peter are having that kind of branches out mm-hmm. the multiverse a little bit. And I think there will be a deeper connection with the things we've seen in WandaVision and Loki um, I don't know if you're familiar with, I sent you a video where people were theorizing the, the same time that Wanda was getting her powers was the, was the, um, same exact moment in the timeline where 
Kang in Loki kind of was like, I can't see what's going on anymore. And those are like mm-hmm. directly connected. Like they were the same time code of the same episodes. I don't know. Oh, did, okay. did you watch that mashup I, video I sent you? I don't remember seeing that. See, it's a very, it's a very kind of maybe a far-fetched theory, but some people are like, oh, that could be interesting. It might work. Like were those two things that happened exactly at the same time. Um, and I don't know, what if this scene we see in the trailer with Strange and Peter is another thing that is happening at the exact same time? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I, they didn't really bring up Loki in this trailer. And I think if they wanted to get into it, they still have plenty of you know, space to do that in the movie. So it is interesting. Um, I kind of wanted to, since we were talking about him, touch on Doctor Strange a little bit. What did you feel of Strange in this trailer? Does he seem a little off or you think he's, is he going to play a bigger role in this movie than what you originally thought? Like, he seems like he's going to play a pretty big role. And um, I don't know, is he, what else about him? Is he, is he taking over Robert Downey's role as like the mentor to Peter? Does Peter need a mentor all the time? Right. Uh, is that, is that just kind of their way of doing it? Or what, what are your thoughts about that? I honestly haven't given much thought on that, but yeah, that was, as you're saying it, that's how I, I mean, that's how I really see him is he looks like he's taking over, you know, filling in that Iron Man spot that was in the original homecoming one. So that's how I imagine how much he's in this. Obviously he's steering the story with magic. He's, I mean, as far as his trailer's concerned, opening up the multiverse with due to magical hijinks. And then, I mean, you obviously see some crazy action scenes with him, a lot of Doctor Strange-esque special effects with the buildings Mm -hmm. collapsing on themselves. And, you know, that big train action set piece that looks like it's going to, could potentially be the climax of the movie. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like he's going to be pretty ingrained in this idea. And I think I would imagine, especially knowing that Doctor Strange 2 comes in February, yeah, or March, I think. February or March, yeah. that it's really got to tie in pretty heavy mm-hmm. you know, to this movie. So I, I think he's going to be pretty heavy. I think this is like kind of Doctor Strange 1.5. <laughs> yeah, kind of like how Robert Downey Jr. was in Spider-Man Homecoming a lot. I think that's kind of going to be yeah. Strange, Strange's role here. Um I'm weird that Spider-Man needs these people because I think these movies could probably stand on their own. But you know, we like we like crossovers. Yeah, they seem to. They just want you to know this is all the same world, and um, they're always just prepping for the next thing. This is getting people excited for the multiverse of madness. Yeah. You know, extra like, all right, make sure you saw Spider-Man before you come see our movie. In fact, why don't you see all of our movies? They're all connected. You know, that's kind of now their... streaming on Disney Plus. <laughs> All right. Subscribe their, for $7 a month. Yeah, that's their thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This definitely looked cool to me. Um, I mean, more than cool. This is probably my most anticipated movie of the year. It's coming right at the end of the year. Um, I just don't know how else to describe it. It's going to be huge. I oh. mean, it's going to... My, my only worry I'm starting... To, I'm not starting to have, but it creeps in my mind a little bit is like... I keep just something in there just keeps saying like Spider-Man three. Remember how they shoved in too many people. Remember how they couldn't like tell a cohesive story. Cause there's too much going on. Like, no, don't get out of there. Get out of my brain. Stop doing that to me. But like that, that idea keeps creeping in, but I'm like, 
I have I have trust in Marvel to be able to do it, and they've done movies with a hundred characters before. We've all right. seen Avengers: Infinity War, and they and Endgame, and they seem to be able to handle it. But it's like, man, if this movie's not four hours long, how are we going to get this whole story? Yeah, I don't know. It can it can be really insane, and then that's where you come with: is there going to be disappointment because like everything's just going to be in the final battle, you know? And you're just going to see like, oh, the bridge scene is the, is really the climax, and we're going to introduce all these villains for one scene at the end mm-hmm. and the Spider-Mans will jump in at the last minute to save the day and help our Spider-Man. And the rest of the movie is just going to be Peter Parker running around unmasked talking with Zendaya. <laughs> right. Right. That is a, that is a worry. I mean, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, it seems like there's just a lot to fit in there. Yeah. So. But like I said, in Marvel, we trust, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see how they do, but we have a lot of Marvel still come this year because Shang-Chi is, due out here in what two weeks something like that or next week yeah i think two is weeks. It, it's like september it's like after labor day i think like the ninth or the tenth or something so okay uh, shang chi's coming soon and they marvel's actually said this week that they're willing to delay eternals if shang chi's box office is not good so i mean is that a threat to us fans to to go see this movie because that sounds like a threat don <laughs> go see this movie or we're going to delay eternals it's like you better see you better go see shang chi or spider-man might not come out on time <laughs> is that what they're really saying yeah um because if there's an eternals delay push it into late november early december then how are you going to get spider-man out on time too you know it'd be kind of like the the ripple effect and i think spider-man is the one that would scare fans more, more um for being delayed so i don't know i don't know what the deal with that is the thing they could really do to avoid this is just go go back to your disney plus premier access model because we're living in an unknown time still to this day and things are weird and like you want to still make your money i know they don't want to deal again with the whole black widow debacle they they're still dealing with to this day and it was like a lot of bad press for them and they seem hell-bent on their ways of keeping shang chi a theater release only but they've already said well we got a 45 day window yeah 45 45 days you know that's when it could go to disney plus either free or premiere access whichever way they decide but it's like even that's a lot sooner than the life we're used to like movies never used to be available for, yeah at least six months to watch something at home and now they're already saying 45 days which is what six weeks so it's like um you, things are changing anyways in this like evolving time so I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, but it does feel like a threat a little right. bit. I don't, I honestly, it's sad to say, cause Shang-Chi we've talked about, it looks entertaining to me. It looks like it, I'll probably have a lot of fun watching that movie, but I don't think it's going to do great at theaters, like box office wise, just because of the time people's interest level, like the general public's interest level, Marvel fanboys want to see it. And people fans of Marvel studios, but is that large enough of a number to, you know, make that movie a successful box office release? I don't think so. Um, I really think it's going to probably do well, but not as well as their, what is their level of what's a success and a failure in their eyes? Like what's the, what's the number they're looking for? Cause I, I see it probably pulling the same thing, doing the same thing Black Widow did, if not less. Yeah. And I mean, it's it, last time I looked, it's tracking for incredible Hulk levels. 
which is the lowest MCU movie, which that's its own thing. And nobody knew the MCU and there's a different studio and everything. So that's its own kind of thing. But still, it was like, it's it's tracking relatively low. And now you're giving us 45 days. It's like, well, I don't know what Shang-Chi is. I don't know these characters. It's very easy for me to wait 45 days mm-hmm. and just watch it on Disney Plus to see what I'm getting into. And Eternals is kind of the same. Like Spider-Man, I know what I'm getting. So, yeah, you know what? I want to see that movie on the big screen because it's Spider-Man and it's going to be this and that. Eternals and Shang-Chi are unknown to a mm-hmm. lot of people. I mean, most of them are unknown to me outside of like name only. So, I mean, I don't know what I'm getting into either one of these movies. So it makes it extremely appealing to just be like, well, it's going to be on Disney Plus in a month. Might as well just mm-hmm. wait a couple of weeks and pretend it comes out then. Right. I'll watch it for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you. Um it's it's if to answer your question it feels like a threat yeah um i think it I is don't, a threat. <laughs> it is a, it, you better go see it uh i don't i don't I honestly don't know what's going to happen i don't know what their idea of something underperforming is um if they don't keep the eternals date and they push it back because they want that to be a theater release only then i don't know what it means for the release schedule going forward right. we'll just have to kind of wait and see What's crazy is that Warner Brothers did the same thing for when they announced, hey, we're going to put all of our movies that were going to hit theaters in 2021. We're going to put them all day and date on HBO for 30 days. And it freaked out everybody and all the movie studios and the actors. And they're worried about their deals and their back end deals and all their money. And what are they going to do? But the thing is, is that Warner Brothers came back around and they said, hey, Gal Gadot, here's $20 million. Hey, mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins, here's $20 million. Like they paid all of these people and they're not, they're not charging extra. Disney Plus is charging $30 to rent this movie early. So they're making money off the rental where HBO Max is just, hey, if you're a subscriber, you get these movies. And they went and paid all of these actors and people who need to get paid because they have those back end deals. They gave them that money up front and said, here you go. And they're potentially made more money than they would have made off the back end anyway. So they're like, cool, and they're happy, and they let it go. So come on, Disney, with your billions and trillions of dollars, give these people this money so you could do this so we don't have to work, make a decision, you know, so or at least give right. us a decision. Right now, it's I don't see the movie or I go out and, you know, maybe not enjoy it as much because I'm uncomfortable thinking about the dude who's sneezing over my shoulder. Right. You know, yeah. and whether or not you care about those types of things, there are a lot of people who do. So it's just like, yeah, you might be there day one. And you know what? No one's taking that away from you. You can still be there day one and watch it in the theater and have a good time and enjoy yourself. But when you're talking about box office receipts at this point, the stage that we currently are, you still have to give people options for what they're going to be willing to go do. And right now, Disney's not giving anyone an option for Shang-Chi. They're saying, hey, well, I mean, I guess the only option they are giving is you go see it in the theater. You wait 45 days to watch it on Disney Plus. But if you don't go see it in the theater, we're going to start delaying our movies again. Yeah, it (laughs) seems very people. Yeah, pay the people, and then that would be a solution as far as that goes. But then there's also one other side of it that we didn't talk about is the big movie theaters, AMC, Lowe's. They're the ones who are also getting very upset with how things are going. By you know they're they're furious at Warner Brothers for what they did with their movies straight to HBO Max day and date. Yeah. They're losing a ton of money. And these are also multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar companies we're talking about. So it's hard to find that middle ground because, you know, this is stuff that nobody can control. We're trying to appease fans, actors, directors, movie studios, uh, theater companies. Like it's, it's, it all gets very confusing on what we're supposed to do. And 
in the end at the end of the day it it just equals like delays which what is what we've seen with movies from disney and a ton of other companies too so i don't i don't know what the answer is to be honest it's not Um, our job to come up with the answer so luckily luckily that's not our job all i know is my spider-man better come out on time because that's the one i care about the most yeah uh like I said, but, Shang-Chi Eternals, I don't know what I'm getting, so I don't know what I'm missing. So yeah. Given when I can see them, I'll see them. But like I said, it's just kind of a it's crazy times. Yeah. Crazy times, Don. But what's also crazy is we got three episodes out now of Marvel's What If, now streaming on Disney Plus. And Don and I are going to talk about all three episodes as well as our impressions of what we think about what if. Are we still going to watch it when it's done? Are we coming back for episode four? Are we going to talk about it again on this show? Did we love it? And we're going to start doing weekly. Who knows? We know. And we're going to tell you. But before we do that, we wanted to let you know that this show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. All right, Don. It's time to talk about Marvel's What If. As I said before, it's now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Came out a couple weeks ago. Episode three just came out. We wanted to do this one in groups because we didn't know what this show was going to be or how this was going to go. So we thought it would be easier with a little bit shorter episodes um, to do it in groupings. So we decided to group episodes one, two, and three. So that is what we are about to talk about. Now, I think we are going to break down each episode, just kind of talk about it, give some thoughts. And then at the end, we're going to hit up our impressions and what do we think about what if as a whole and what do we want to do going forward and all of those things. And this is all stuff we have not talked about yet. We have no idea outside of vague text messages um, of what we think. So who knows what that's going to lead to? You have to listen to you, find out. <laughs> we want you guys to understand me and Chris have uh, altered or made slight changes to our friendship <laughs> in order to do this podcast mm-hmm. uh, just in the idea that these things is, are things we would normally talk about with each other um more immediately like when yeah. things initially come out like before this i would send you a text being like hey man did you watch you know wandavision let's talk about it with each other and we would like, like immediately yeah but we save our thoughts now we save our thoughts now yeah. for this podcast like because we want to hear each other's first impressions on things uh in a natural way on the show um so yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's fun, but it's weird like yeah. us watching something and not talking about it immediately and be like, well, we'll talk about it on Saturday when we record. And you could tell it's and it's you could tell that it's hard because we'll find ourselves playing video games or doing something and we're talking in some other context and we start talking, hey, you, you saw Black Widow. What would you think? Well, I mean, I don't want to tell you, but then we still want to talk about it. And we still like 45 minutes are talking about Black Widow without really talking about Black Widow because we're going to record it the next day. <laughs> like the thing we do now is honestly, the thing we do now is I'll be like, did you watch Black Widow? You're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I don't want you to know I hated it or liked it or loved right. it or anything. It's just like, cool. I just wanted to, I'm just curious if you watched it. That's funny. But anyway. Anyway. Yes. What we digress. If? What if episode one was what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? I don't know why I said it like that. Avenger. <laughs> so this episode was basically retelling the origin of Captain America, but in mm-hmm. its place of Steve Rogers taking the super serum and becoming that, it was Peggy Carter who ended up taking the super serum and becoming the first Avengers and Captain Carter and running around. And it was just kind of a, fun romp through history yeah 
Yeah, it was like a revisit to that era of Marvel movie. Uh, I'll kind of start with each episode. We talk about like the required viewing. There's required viewing for each one of these, Mm -hmm. I would say. And we'll get more into that, like our thoughts on that later, that it is kind of required viewing before you can't. It's hard to kind of go into as a new fan for these shows, I think. But we'll talk about that more later. But I guess the required viewing for this would be um, Captain America, the first Avenger movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly that's like the main one you really it would help to have seen that before this. Yes. And other than that, maybe the Marvel one shot they did on Agent Carter. And they also had an Agent Carter ABC show that I think only ran for two seasons. Yeah. And that would kind of help you know Peggy Carter a little more. Um, If you've seen all those things, you're great really the main one you need to have seen is Captain America first Avenger. That was the one they were changing what mm-hmm. happened. Exactly. Everything else. Yeah. has definitely some good padding to know. Peggy Carter is a big staple in MCU and Steve Rogers like arc throughout. And I mean, obviously they ended end game kind of with her. So there was a right. lot of, there's a lot going on with her. So she's definitely extremely important, but yeah, first Avenger is definitely must, must watch. Absolutely. Required view. Um, this is the, f- this is um this was like our first foray into what if and we were both excited about the show um and like you said it's peggy getting the super soldier serum instead of steve i found this episode you know pretty enjoyable for the most part it was just like you said use the words fun romp that's kind of what it was um it's just basically seeing what would happen if peggy carter got the super soldier serum and Haley Atwell I've I've always thought has done a pretty good job in the minimal amount of um screen time she's been allowed from from the beginning to now so I felt like this was a good spotlight on her character if you're a fan of her character um <clears throat> I don't know about you I watched Agent Carter a little bit until I kind of fell off um so I thought having her kind of focused on a little bit was a good thing mm-hmm. uh the main the main theme in this episode outside of just like the action and everything is just kind of like smashing misogyny um mm-hmm. which 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 i think is a good a good way to go and i'm glad they kind of went that way because i mean we've kind of been trending that way but it's been way too long to get here to where we are now right um to have like women kind of the focus of things i mean it took forever to get to a captain marvel movie it took way longer to get to a Black Widow movie that should have been out. We've already talked about it a long time ago. So seeing like a, a, a strong female character be focused on was very refreshing to me. Yeah. Um, Especially in a time period that was not, I mean, they, they made it very clear that that was not what they wanted. And they sidelined exactly. her after becoming, taking the super serum. She was punished for it. That was not what they wanted. Women couldn't be soldiers mm-hmm. and those types of things. So it was definitely very poignant because it was in a time period that was heavily misogynistic, I guess. Exactly. And like, yeah, the, the character, the general voiced by Bradley Whitford was love that dude. A, <laughs> I love that dude too, but he was a dick in this show. He's always in a this dick. Uh, you're right. Even in get out, he's a dick. It's funny. I voted for Obama. Yeah, dude. He was like, so, oh. He's so good, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I, I found, like I said, I found this show generally enjoyable. Um, I thought Captain Carter is a cool take. Uh, she had a cool costume. I enjoyed it. I liked that um, a lot of the action here, like the shield action. We've seen a lot of 
shield fight action throughout the years in the MCU with Captain America. But they did a lot in here that was, I feel, greatly benefited from being animated. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that they accomplished here as far as action that you can't really do with live action just because, you know, the physics of a human body and something to look, you know, too fake. But if you're animating it, you can like kind of push the envelope on it. Yeah. So a lot of the times when she's throwing that shield around and flipping around and kicking people and, and flipping cars up over her head, I thought was pretty cool visually i don't know how you felt about that no the animation and everything just top notch and yeah it felt saturday morning cartoons man just watching some crazy shit for 20 minutes while you eat your cheerios <laughs> or yeah. your lucky charms or whatever your breakfast cereal of choice is as a child um but yeah and i i enjoyed i really enjoyed the fact that steve rogers even though he didn't take the super serum still got some love in this mm-hmm. and basically got kind of his own you know uh what they call it the hydro buster or hydra smasher or something hydra like smasher that. like he still yeah. got kind of to be a part of it which howard stark made for him which you can kind of look at as like that's technically the first iron man outfit, right? you know right? which was cool yeah so kind of being able to see some of that stuff and just like i said see the way that the story was changed it was a great opening for this show of really letting you know what to what's to come right it was like a safe was- entry <laughs> I, I agree. It was a safe injury. It was probably the, the best way to go for a first episode. Yeah. Uh, one, th- one thing I will say, I'll mention real quick that I wish they would have done because you brought up Steve Rogers getting like his, his shine too yeah. a little bit, even though he didn't get the serum. Which side note, he was not voiced by Chris Evans. I, I guess he opted out, which will go on and I'll, seems like a few, a few of the big names have. Um, but the guy who voiced him did a, did a well enough job. But one thing I started thinking about that I wish they could have done, if you get into this episode, um, in Captain America, the first Avenger on the train scene, which is a train scene, there's like a mirrored version of the train scene from that movie in this. Mm -hmm. And in that movie is one of the more iconic things that happens is Bucky falls off the train and he's, you know, lost and it's hard for Steve. And this... Bucky's falling off the train, but Captain Carter catches him at the last second. You're like, oh, you, you got, you kind of got us, you got us. Yeah. But in that, but in that same scene, it seems like Steve is the one who who's lost. Mm-hmm. He like gets blown up, and you're like, oh man, he died, and and she's crazy about it. But then in my mind, while that scene was happening, I was like, you know what would be cool in this? What if if they did it? Is man, what if they made Steve? winter soldier Mm -hmm. and he's the one he's the one who comes back as winter soldier because it kind of mirrors that same thing someone very special to the main protagonist like bucky was important to steve and this steve is important to peggy like what if he at the end of this is like he's the new winter soldier's like that's gonna be so badass if they do that but they went a different route and kind of brought him back as the like we said uh hydra smasher but i thought that would have been cool it just made my brain think about yeah, some things been... they could, some things they could have done, but they didn't you, do. You what if to what if? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, yeah. what if you did this? What if you put sprinkles on donuts? <laughs> yeah, crazy. So many, so many options. Uh, yep. but yeah, the, the the show was cool. I I thought this first episode was just a fun little, fun little romp like you yeah. said into the dc universe and it's kind of like reading marvel a comic universe book. marvel universe did i say dc <laughs> yeah you did stupid um, watching aquaman nope 
<laughs> you gotta watch that yeah. dr- that that octopus play the drums, man. Yeah, but I thought it was I thought it was successful um, for the most part. Yeah, maybe I agree. It, it was made for fans of the yes. MCU. It, it might be kind of confusing for a newcomer to just put that on and know what the hell's going on. But, but it was still it was entertaining regardless. I mean, it's a standalone. Yeah, the, yeah mm-hmm. things are changed. You might not understand all the references. You might not get all of the winks and the nods. But it still was a, a complete story. It was enjoyable for what it was. You could still watch it and care about the characters. They still had arcs. They still did this in the 30 minutes that it ran. So, I mean, I'd like I said, overall, I think you could go either way now of course based on the chatter that i'm hearing or not hearing about this real show overall i'm assuming this is really more for the hardcore easter egg hunting fans yeah probably so i could imagine just just by just so many references to what's already happened and marvel at this point has probably been like we know you guys are all whoever's watching this you're marvel fans anyway you've you've seen all the movies so this is for you like I'm not saying they're saying we don't give a damn about the newcomers because they I'm sure they do, but they're also like we know who this show is for. It's for you guys, so here it is. Enjoy. Wink, nu- wink yeah. and nudge at everything that's already happened. So yeah, but it was fun to hear some of the main. Like I said, having uh, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Sebastian Stan as Bucky, um, Bradley Whitford, which I don't think he was in that Captain America movie. I don't think he was in the movie, but he has played. I did. I had to look this up. He's been. He's involved in the MCU somehow, playing that same character in something small, like a like a one shot or something. He's yeah, been yeah, in yeah. before. So, um, I think this also had Stanley Tucci and another guy. Yeah. Um, an, another like smaller role guy, but yeah, it, it's impressive they can get some of these actors back who you know wanted to participate. Yeah, it's super it's super fun and it, it just adds that authenticity to it and that mm-hmm. the tying it to the universe that they want to tie it to, which is kind of cool. Uh episode two. Mm-hmm. Unless you had any other thoughts on episode one. No, no. We're on to two. Episode two, we went in a whole other direction, and it was what if T'Challa became a Star Lord? So this one they were really riffing on uh Guardians of the Galaxy. And that kind of universe, but definitely very heavily into Guardians of the Galaxy, because the main premise behind this was that T'Challa was kidnapped by Yondo's crew instead of Peter Quill. So then T'Challa basically became Star-Lord. And you discovered very quickly in this episode, as they recreated the opening scene where uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, was trying to get the Infinity Stone and do that little Raiders of the Lost Ark heist and how they opened that movie, and then being turned into like a hey, I'm Star-Lord. Who's Star-Lord? And it turned into this thing. Well, this time when T'Challa said, hey, and he showed himself the bounty hunter that they were fighting was like, you're Star-Lord. And it was a completely different thing because Mm -hmm. they went a completely different direction with the character, which was really kind of cool. So it was an overall really reimagining of what would happen, you know, really kind of almost a a difference between T'Challa and Peter Quill and showing the goodness in T'Challa and the type of like, character his character was really put on display in this episode of showing what he was willing to um what he would do given all of that responsibility or power because he really became a like fan of like the universe loved him (laughs) which was a lot different than peter quill no yeah you're absolutely right about that and the required viewing for this one you already kind of touched on it is guardians of the galaxy you had to have seen that pretty much and the other one i guess would be black panther you it would help to have seen black panther and maybe infinity war to a little lesser extent 
but yeah, in a way. You would you would um, want to at least know who Thanos is and what his overall mm-hmm. goal was because they made a lot of jokes about Thanos' plan in this show, this episode. So if yeah. you didn't, there are a lot of jokes that could go over your head if you don't know who Thanos is and right. the overall plot of of Endgame and Infinity War, which like I said, at this point, I don't imagine there's too many people that don't. Who don't, right. Yeah, so, and if, and if once again, if you're coming back and watching What If on Disney+, Plus, chances are you know that already, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of talked about the first one first, so how about this one? What were your, you gave a nice synopsis there, but what were your thoughts on this episode? This, uh, this one was a little bit more fun. They played a little bit more and changed a little bit more with the characters and mm-hmm. uh, really kind of, like I said, put things on its head by really saying, hey, T'Challa is, you know, where Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers have very similar motivations. They have very similar character arcs. They're kind of the same person where they're good and they're, you know, wholesome and they just want the best and they just want to do for their country. And they're very similar characters. So kind of swapping out Peggy Carter for Steve Rogers and in a Captain America or Captain Carter role, it's still a very similar path where here. Yeah, that, hit- that, was, that was that was more of a paint by numbers, easy yeah. transition. This one's a yeah. little more complicated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now you're throwing T'Challa, mm-hmm. who has completely different values, different morals, different this than Peter Quill who was obviously raised by Yondo and the thieves. And instead of the real main swap here is that Peter Quill kind of was adopted by these bandits and these bad guys and kind of just went along with them. He still had, I want to be bigger and I want to be better and I want to be star Lord and I want to be known, but he never was able to get that because he kind of fell into the Ravengers and kind of their lifestyle. And this Mm -hmm. one T'Challa kind of came in from Wakanda already feeling like, having that confidence and having that i want to see the world i want to lead i want to do this so then when he got picked up by the ravagers it seemed like he almost took over and kind mm-hmm. of made them turn to his morals and his values where the ravagers technically became good guys coming through which then definitely flips the whole script yeah. on like everything within the guardians of the galaxy with being all of these like roughnecks and you know bad guys dressed in good guy clothing or the other way around yeah, bad guys like dressed anti, in, yeah. like anti-heroes anti-heroes kind of. and it kind of becoming a different kind of universe where here now t'challa just putting him dropping him in this and changing nothing about his morals or values he changes the entire universe right. where he's talking to people and he's and that's as we said earlier changing thanos's entire perspective like, mm-hmm. well, I think my plan would have worked. And like, yeah, your plan's genocide. Well, is it? Right. And yeah, he's still stuck on it. And they kept it as a joke, having, uh, you know, still talking about he wanted to wipe out half of the universe. But because of T'Challa, he didn't want to push through with that plan. And he just wanted to blindly kind of follow T'Challa. And that's his version of Star-Lord into making the universe a better place. And it really mm-hmm. seems like that universe was really kind of in a good place with T'Challa kind of in that role. So it's kind of a crazy, yeah. <clears throat> it was definitely a bigger reimagining, a lot more uh, imagination and creativity went into reimagining that universe than in episode one. And it really kind of gave you a little bit more of a hint of what Marvel's going for here with this. What if show? Yeah, I agree with, I agree with all that. And, uh, to, and that's kind of what made this to me, the out of the three, we haven't talked about episode three yet, but we'll get there. But this was, I think the best one of, of the three, just because of that reimagining, um, to the extent they did it, like you said, T'Challa, Star Lord, 
is a, is a huge reimagining. And to me, he's a better Star Lord than Peter Quill. Um, yeah, oh, definitely. They were definitely going for that. That's what they were trying to convey. And it kind of came through. Um, like you said, he, he just wasn't as goofy. I don't know. And, and he had a lot more, more heart to him because it's bringing the T'Challa good hearted hero we know and just putting him as Star Lord. So how could he not be, you know, better? I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion. Like you said, he changed the Ravagers there the way they are he changed everything yeah he told he changed thanos he 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 changed everything and i just kind of really loved what they did here um everything was really cool they they had a whole thing in here about drax drax was in this and it like changed his path he talked about you know his wife and child are still alive through the through the different things that t'challa didn't like oh that's something different uh, just as a little side note, he was Dave Batista did not voice Drax. That was one of the um, actors who it seems as if opted out. But I just want to do a little side note here. I saw something on Twitter where somebody asked him like, hey, hey, Dave, why didn't you why didn't you voice Drax? And what if? And he was like, oh, that's easy. I wasn't asked. And I was like, ooh, that's oh. kind of weird. Yeah. And I think the producers of this show or somebody from Marvel came out later and was like, it was a miscommunication or, or just gave some excuse, but it's like, uh, I, I really wonder, wonder what's going on behind the scenes there. I don't know if like Dave Batista is one of these guys who's they've kind of found difficulter, more difficult to work with. It seems like, cause he's more outspoken about things and maybe they're just like, ah, get some guy to do the voice, but he he wasn't here for this. I don't know. Well, and as a weird side note, Chris Pratt wasn't Peter Quill at the end of this episode either. Correct. And there were, when they did the whole James Gunn thing and Disney fired him and then Guardians of the Galaxy 3 became like this giant influx, that whole cast kind of band together and was like, you need to bring back James Gunn. And they were, right. I mean, that was kind of a whole big thing that, that know, was we kind of forgot thing. about because it's been years now. But I mean, that was a big thing where that cast kind of really was standing behind James Gunn saying, we don't really want to do this movie. And I mean, Dave Bautista really seemed like he was soured on Marvel after that mm-hmm. because he's yeah. been very open since then, kind of like, hey, I'm with James Gunn. This is my mm-hmm. movie. And even since they brought him back, he's been very like, I'm contracted to do this movie. I'm good after this change tracks, mm-hmm. recast them. Cool. I'm excited. I love the character, but we didn't do what we should have done with them. And he's been very vocal about Marvel in that. So I'm not surprised that they didn't come <clears throat> and want to give him a payday to voice that character. I'm not surprised to hear it, but yeah, it's, it's still, it would have been fun. Yeah. You said it all perfectly. That's exactly what I think did go down here. They kind of looked at him and were like, ah, that guy, we're kind of done with that guy. <laughs> he, uh, after, after Guardians 3, we're kind of done with that guy. So we don't need to like move on with him. Cause he, like you said, has been very outspoken about, um, about the James Gunn situation. So, and it makes anyway. me wonder if there's anything in that with Chris Pratt because he wasn't voiced either. And I mean, Possibly. I know his part was smaller. He was really just kind of like a quick cameo at yeah. the end of the episode. He just had one line, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I can easily see why you wouldn't, but I, it still makes you wonder if the Guardians of the Galaxy cast is kind of, I mean, they very openly said this is their last movie. You know, mm-hmm. there will not be a volume four with that cast and everything else. So I can easily see maybe that whole cast is a little bit in hot water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only other person they really used from Guardians is I can't think of her name right now, which, excuse me, it's I'm a bad podco- podcast host, but... uh the girl who voiced Nebula, what's her name? Kieran something. 
Is it Kieran Gilliam? Yeah, Gilliam. I, I, thought, or, that, I thought that sounded right. Gilliam. Yeah, they used her. Um, but besides that, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to bring up that. That was funny. But yeah, this episode did 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 a lot of other cool things. I mean, it it featured uh, the collector was kind of the villain of this episode. Yep. And they said he kind of reassumed the role of the big bad of the of the universe and the galaxy once Thanos kind of chilled out and and took his role with the ravagers um i don't know what you thought about his performance here but it was cool to see the collector finally featured a little bit yeah i remember when benicio del toro was cast in the mcu as the collector i was super excited i'm like man i love that guy he's gonna be good and whatever they do he's always plays very eccentric guys and very like nuanced performances but I don't feel like he's been given the chance to really shine at that yet in the live action things. He's just yeah. kind of popped up here and there in like Endgame he was in, or maybe it was Infinity War, uh, Guardians, just very small roles to this point. Yeah, yeah. And this was kind of his first chance to to show us what his collector is really like. And yeah. like his collector's personality and the way he delivers lines were very like quirky and interesting it was just like an interesting take i think uh on uh, on like a villain i i liked it um they he had a bunch of easter eggs he was involved in because towards the end he has a big fight with t'challa star lord and he pops out this thing of his equipment he's going to use and he's a collector you know he gets stuff through the universe and he had the hella helmet from thor ragnarok which was an obvious one but if you look in there he also had like captain america shield and he had Milnor, Thor's hammer, and I think he had a knife from Thor Dark World, like from Malekith. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was like some cool, like, you know, fan service homages to us. Like, man, this, this is cool. And that was a cool fight, fight too. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked the collector in this episode. I don't know. Yeah, no, he was fun. And I I kept trying to sit there going, is that Benicio del Toro? <laughs> I had yeah. to look in the credits because it sounded like him, but then didn't at the same time. And definitely the character looked like him, but then didn't at the same time. So I was definitely entranced by that possibility. Yeah, he definitely did a good job. Um, and then just like one last thing I want to talk about this episode, because it's like the main thing is um, this was the last performance from Chadwick Boseman, pretty much. I think he's sprinkled in this series a little more here and there. Okay. Like we may We may see Black Panther pop up every now and then in a couple more of these future episodes but not to the level of this not like the main main focus so this was this can really be considered his last performance as uh t'challa and i don't know it was kind of bittersweet you know what i mean um especially we haven't talked about it yet but i think i saw today like today is the anniversary of his death the one year anniversary that we're recording this which is kind of you know weird and eerie that we're talking about it here today but uh yeah man his presence he was great in this episode and i i read i read somewhere like he was the first big name out of all out of this entire show to like sign on the dotted line to do this like he was super excited to do it and wanted to do t'challa again um and he gave us a great performance you know he's like we talk about perfect castings like perfect casting for black panther and for right. this he he just did really good so it was it was kind of it was kind of weird to see but it was fun um it's always weird to watch someone give a post humanist performance 
you know, we've gone through the same thing with Heath Ledger Joker. That was weird to watch, but also um, rewarding at the same time. And this is kind of like that. So I don't know. I just kind of wanted to bring that up. Yeah, definitely. It's it's worth bringing up. I mean, they brought it up at the end of the episode, basically, given the in memoriam of him at the end of the episode, just kind of really putting his stamp on it as being his last performance in that character. And yeah, it was just it was so good and refreshing to hear his voice come out of that character one more time mm-hmm. and yeah. being able to just i don't know just a little bit of the ways to just show the positiveness of him as a man you know mm-hmm. as you always hear these stories about how happy he was and how good he was and you really got to see that shine in this episode of just that character and really having this episode be about t'challa ha- taking this mantle of star lord and making the universe a better place is just right. kind of a uh I'm sure they what they were going for there, but just kind of a very nice way to end his Marvel run, you know, or just yeah. be his last performance within the Marvel universe. Yeah, it was very, it was fitting. It was a fitting ending. There you go. That's uh, what I'm looking for. Yeah, we would have loved to see him, of course, in a Black Panther sequel. Um, but all the things you read about that, the way they're making that movie is going to be in a very, um, you know, tribute fashion to him and it's gonna it's supposed to be you know from what we hear from the actors and director it's supposed to uh really pay tribute to him as a man and an actor and his character so we'll have to we're gonna have to wait a while to see what that is but his presence is definitely gonna be felt in that movie and it was felt here in this episode so uh yeah i enjoyed this one like i said i thought it was the best episode of the of the three Uh, and speaking of the third one this one was what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? And this one was definitely featured Nick Fury voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, who was basically going on the week that he formed the Avengers and kind of recruited everybody. But instead of him actually recruiting people, they were being murdered. So all of the Mm -hmm. Avengers were actually being murdered by a serial killer, basically stopping Nick Fury from being able to form his team and the Avengers really not even coming into existence due to, you know, the murders. <laughs> so um, the murders, the murders. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's one of those things where it just kind of really became a, what if scenario of that's a big question. And there was a lot of required viewing in this one because they took scenes from Iron Man two. They took scenes from the Avengers. They took, you know, agent Colson, Thor, you know, there was, I'm sure other ones I'm not even thinking of. Incredible of Hulk. Incredible, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like every, basically all the Avengers, their origin movies were in this because instead of their origin happening the way it happens, they were instead murdered. And then we had to figure out who the murderer was. Yeah, you basically needed to watch all of phase one and part of phase two <laughs> yeah. to like have a good uh, good idea of everything you're seeing in this one um and captain marvel yeah that too spoilers well spoilers of course if you're listening to us this far you know but uh, <laughs> we spoiled everything <laughs> this is like like you said uh avengers it's basically the avengers never get to form because of what's going on here and in, like you said it's uh basically a murder mystery now that's one thing i did kind of appreciate about this episode which is taking like they've never done a mystery kind of a thing in the MCU before. And this is their first foray into that. Like did somebody who was writing this episode, just watch the long Halloween. Like we just talked about, cause that's basically what it was. All these people getting picked off one by one and you got to try to figure out what's going on. Um, 
out of the three episodes, man, this one probably worked the least for me. Yeah. It 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 was fine, but it just kind of hit me the least where I was just kind of like, okay, I don't know. And I don't know if that has to do with I think I what if I can trace it back to the one reason why, it might just because I feel like my brain just has Avengers fatigue a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like we we've seen just talk of Avengers and the forming of the Avengers so many times, it feels like to this point, yeah. where it's just like I'm kind of over it a little bit. Like that's why I'm excited about where the MCU is going right now in general, is because like we're kind of moving past these original guys. Mm-hmm. And if we're not moving past them, we're like seeing them in their last or second to last kind of things going on. Yeah. You know, we're done with Tony Stark, we're done with Chris Evans, we're done with Scarlett Johansson uh thor might be in his last hurrah in his movie it's like okay well i've kind of seen enough of it you know what i mean yeah um i don't know and and i mean the performances were there um samuel L. jackson you know you love to see him pop up as nick fury because he always does a pretty good job uh another person they couldn't get back with scarjo for whatever reason for black widow but lake bell kind of filled in and she did a decent job she was a decent sound alike yeah but jeremy renner was back and um one of my favorite parts of this episode which um was cool was i liked seeing mark ruffalo come in and like he's jumping into the scenes that we saw in incredible hulk which for those who know incredible hulk was not a mark ruffalo movie it was edward norton was the hulk back then so it was cool to see him in scenarios that were like based off that movie but it's like Mark Ruffalo. I don't know yeah, what yeah, you yeah. felt what you felt about that, but it was cool. Uh, I don't know. The action was was few and far between, but some of it just kind of was like a little cheesier to me. Like when Black Widow's fighting those dudes in the back of the van and doing those fast punches, <laughs> like all quick. I was like, that looks dumb. Like the, the the action in the Captain Carter was cool and like whatever, but like her fighting those dudes in the back of that van, I was like, uh, they're kind of like cutting corners on this a little bit. And like when the Hulk finally pops up in this one, you think it's going to be a bunch of cool bombastic action. He barely does shit. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I don't want to hate on this episode, but I feel like it was definitely the weakest of the three. All right. So this was my favorite of the three. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's uh, talk about so it. yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. I liked the uh, I liked the mystery aspect of it. I think that was the biggest proponent for me. Um, it kept my focus the most. The other ones I found, I enjoyed, but I found it easier to space out during those going, what's happening? Why do I care? What's, you know, like with these being freestanding episodes with them being that, um, and we'll talk more about into our impressions, but I found myself like more engaged in this episode just because of the mystery aspect of trying to figure out who's doing it and not and things not going the way out they were expecting. Like I wasn't expecting the Hulk to just blow up. I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting, you know, the people to die the way that they did and just in general. So it just had that morbidity to it a little bit of just like, oh shit, like the stakes are real. These people are being killed. Like you killed Tony Stark in the opening of the show. And like, well, you kill Tony Stark, that means anything can happen. What you know, like anything was possible. So it kind okay. of was very engaging in that way where I kind of 
like I said, found myself a lot more focused on it. So I really thought these episodes just got better and better compared to where I was watching the first one to where I was watching the third one. Um, I, like I said, most had a lot of more voices come back, which was a lot of fun. I liked that idea of uh, Nick Fury going back to Captain Marvel earlier than he normally obviously did in our MCU and still pulling out that pager. And I was like, Oh shit. Like things Mm -hmm. got to that point. And just, just thinking of the possibilities of that idea and uh, even coming back around to the end of him still being able to put together an Avengers team. Like it wasn't the one that we knew, but that Nick Fury was still going to get his team regardless, you know, setting up basically for captain America and captain Marvel to start this team up and start this thing, which just is a cool thought. So I really just kind of, like I said, enjoyed that. Now I will say the Ant-Man reveal was cool, but I didn't really see it coming because I probably wasn't focusing hard enough. So I don't know if they gave enough clues to actually figure out. I don't, I honestly can't tell you right now what happened to hope outside of the fact that she was dead. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how she died or I don't know if they really went into that outside of just, she was working with shield and ended up dying. So I can't remember how, if they gave us enough to solve that mystery before they gave us the answer. Um, so I don't know if you have an answer to that or not, but maybe I could have enjoyed a little bit more giving me the possibility to solve the mystery before you give me the answer. Yeah. But overall, I still thought it was a cool reveal and I loved the fight at the end with Nick Fury with Loki's assistance fighting, uh, Ant-Man and having Michael Douglas back as Ant-Man, but in a little bit more of a different role and having him be a little bit more evil, and just really seeing that twist, I thought was a lot of fun, but I really enjoyed the Nick Fury just whooping on Ant-Man fight too at the end. That was fun for me. <laughs> yeah. It was a unique type of, outside of the Matrix backflip they had Nick Fury do, um, <laughs> it, it was just a very, it was just a kind of a fun fight that I just never thought I would have saw before. So I, I, I enjoyed this episode actually kind of the most. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, for those reasons. Yeah, dude, I, I understand all those reasons you gave in there, all good points. I can understand why this could be someone's favorite episode. I just, for me, like all the reasons I pointed out are are just kind of like what gave me pause on enjoying this one as much. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, the, the ending, which I didn't talk about when I was talking, you know, with uh, Michael Douglas's character, Hank Pym, coming and being the the guy who who's behind everything was a cool reveal but it kind of goes back to that thing we talked about in the batman halloween episode is like i had no reason to believe that too was going to pop up so like what is the have i been trying to be a detective this entire episode and didn't get a way to figure out who and you just kind of put this new character on me at the end um michael douglas's performance was good it was fun to hear his voice you know as a as a as a part of this because you as know you really, as a villain you didn't really see it coming and, and his character looked cool and he like totally went full yellow jacket instead yeah. of ant-man yeah um but it also makes it kind of hard to believe some of the things you saw in here then you're like well okay he's the killer you're telling me he killed he he figured out a way to get thor killed like a a god with just an arrow hit thor in the chest and he's dead that's because you have to remember back at thor one after odin took away his powers he was just a mortal so it wasn't because even in that first thor movie he sacrificed himself and was killed by that robot with the face thing loki's bodyguard thing and he was killed and it wasn't until he proved that he was worthy 
that Molnir came and basically gave him his powers and brought him back to life. So at that point, he was technically nothing but a man. So an arrow would have killed him in that scenario because he he wasn't worthy at that point. He lost all his powers. Okay, that makes sense. But that's then a problem that that wasn't explained uh, yes. a little more in this show because like the person watching was like, man, you just killed the God of Thunder, a God with an arrow just to like kind of his shoulder area and he's yeah. dead. No, um, I agree. Uh so that was a little messy and I don't know, just the, just the him, him being able to take out Hulk, Thor, uh, Iron Man, all, everybody he killed is just a little bit far fetched to me that he, that his, his character would be able to do all that. Like, but the, the, I don't think the episode was bad. I just, out of the three, it was the least engaging to me. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. That's just where I'm going to sit on it, and it mostly just it mostly just has to do with my Avengers fatigue. No, like I hear you. I'm, I'm I'm fatigued on that team up, and I've seen enough of it. And I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel. <laughs> You're allowed to feel how you feel. How would you feel about a world in which Captain America and Captain Marvel lead the Avengers? Yeah, I mean that's kind of that, that's a cool idea, Captain and Captain. But uh, we'll see what they do moving forward. Maybe Captain Marvel is the new Avengers leader in the you know eventual eventual next Avengers movie we get. Maybe, but it would be it would be interesting. Uh, it was weird to me a little bit that Cap Captain America wasn't involved in this episode until the very end, and he's like a reveal. Mm-hmm. You kind of kind of felt like they might have wanted to involve his character more but i guess episode one was kind of like their main captain america episode uh but it was fun that, that, that that'd be cool yeah it would be fun it, i just i liked the idea of a situation coming up before thanos that forced nick fury to use that pager and just kind mm-hmm. of like oh shit loki's here i got no other option like he hit that point so early in the mcu where like i said that was one of the things when everyone saw captain marvel before endgame and you're just like he never thought to page during loki's thing he never thought to page during this like he knew she was out there already before any of these other avengers came around and he never thought to call her for this or call her for that and uh he really saved it for that scenario so thinking of man he was really desperate that's kind of the problem you run into Captain Marvel in the MCU has the same issue that Superman has in the DC, not to get off on too weird of a tangent, mm-hmm. but they're, they're so overpowered. Yeah. Like to the point where if you brought them in, let's say Captain Marvel was in the first Avengers movie or age of Ultron. Um, she could have just killed everyone flown through everyone and fucking yeah. sorry, but like ripped off Ultron's head immediately. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> We, saw, we all saw Zack Snyder's Justice League when Superman showed up and just fucked everything up. Yeah, he just <laughs> he just ran through that dude and like yeah. he was not even a challenge to him. And that's why Superman wasn't in that movie until the end. Because if yeah. he was, there wouldn't have been a movie. Exactly. It's, it's the same thing with if you have Captain Marvel in these things, that's all she's going to do. That's why in Endgame, she didn't pop up until the end. And Thanos had to like kind of trick her into not kicking his ass because she could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. That 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 kind of explains that away, but uh, I don't know. This is just a roundabout way of saying I didn't enjoy the episode as much as you know the second one. I kind of rank them. You this hated way. it. Just say no. It. I didn't hate it. 
my rankings go episode two was the best to me then captain carter and then this one kind of brought up the rear but i thought they were all pretty fun yeah so then that let's bring us i mean if i'm gonna rank them i'm gonna go three two one is how i tell um but as we're talking about it now overall impressions let's wrap this up this conversation don just overall impressions what do you think about what if um episodes one two three are you going to keep watching are you down some of this might be you know obvious at this point because we just got done talking about Mm -hmm. these first three episodes you might be able to guess what we're about to say but you coming back next week for episode four oh yeah i'll be back it's marvel content um so i'm here for it i'm here for it all i have i've not passed on any of it to this point and i don't really plan on stopping now um but it is a departure you know from from what we're used to um it's it's animated clearly so that's the main departure but also i feel like it doesn't move the mcu forward in any way is and it's kind of what we talked about it is canon they've said so this is all you know still part of the story but i don't think there's anything i mean there hasn't been anything to this point and it doesn't feel like there's much they're going to be able to do unless they connect it in weird ways in the future that is going to have much to do with like the future of the mcu i I feel like these are just diversion episodes Mm -hmm. like it's a it's a fun little diversion um from what's been going on kind of just like i I compared it to you in a private conversation as like one and done comic books yeah like you can watch episode one two or three all on their own and it doesn't matter like you don't have to have watched episode one to watch episode three you know what i'm saying um like i said the show's animated the animation did kind of grow on me i thought they could have got a little wilder with it it's it might be a little maybe they just didn't do enough and that could just be my brain talking from like we enjoyed things like love death and robots where just the animation got crazy yeah what if, what if is a crazy idea so i feel like they could have gotten a little more crazy with the animation but it did it has grown on me a little bit where i enjoy it um some of the action is cool because it's stuff that can't be done in live action like i mm-hmm. talked about with captain carter so the animation factor really plays a part in that um I still feel like this is not for new fans. It is strictly for people who are well-versed in the MCU history. And for us, that's not a problem. But for people who've never watched anything MCU before, it could be a problem for you where you don't know what the hell is going on. Right. Or at least Uh, not getting the nuances. Yeah, not getting the nuances. And I mean, lastly, I I think uh, I like the Watcher in this. Uatu, the Watcher, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. voiced by jeffrey wright i think he's a really cool addition to the mcu his voice is iconic first of all if you're a fan of that guy uh you know westworld and boardwalk empire and he's been in a few other things i i think that guy is really talented and, and i like i like jim gordon yeah he's the new jim gordon in the batman movie that's coming next year uh i think he's a talented guy and i think he's got one of those narrator voices like you put him with Morgan Freeman or or somebody else like that who's like voice just goes with narration. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, even Daniel Stern back to the Wonder Years days for all you older fans like us. Uh and I like I like seeing his character pop up every now and then in the shots where like they show him in the background watching. I always in think that's clouds. cool. In the clouds, I always, I, every scene when they show that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like reminding you what you're watching. Like this is a what if tale, uh, multiversal, else worlds, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
so yeah, all in all, I think it's uh it's successful for what it's trying to do. It's nothing too deep, nothing too impactful. You don't got to think about it too much. I don't think it's really going to play too much into the MCU moving forward. They'll probably do a second season of this, like another Captain Carter adventure I heard they want to do, but um, nothing groundbreaking. I'm I'm having fun with it, though. So to answer your main question, yeah, I'm still going to be watching it, and I think we'll still be talking about it. But what do you think about the show generally? Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I've I've... I was very excited for it. It was one of the like Disney plus shows for whatever reason I was the most pumped about now that it's here. I I'm not as jazzed as I thought I would be just because the episodes have been so like freestanding and just so like it, it is hitting a point where I'm like, Hmm, I understand what they're doing, but why should I care about this? And mm-hmm. outside of the fact that it's it's fun and I need to learn. And like I said, that just comes down to me being weird and my ADHD not allowing me to enjoy things. So um, being able to focus because then I hear this like in my head, I'm just like, well, does this story matter? Does it matter to the MCU? Does it matter to the bigger picture? And of course, we don't know that because any of these characters could technically step out of these episodes because they are saying this is canon and this is the multiverse and we are now in the multiverse the mcu because of loki and we could technically see any of these moments come to life or these characters come to life in these scenarios so i mean the possibilities are really cool i really like i said i enjoy jeffrey rush i enjoy the idea uh i've enjoyed the episodes have gotten better for me I was just going to say Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Rush is a totally different guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Rush. Oh, Jesus. Um, Jeffrey Wright. Go on. Go on. Yes. Um, I, I agree with you with the animation. I wish the animation was different every episode mm-hmm. to fit with the episode instead of just being cookie-cutter animation. Um, with each episode having different themes, without each episode having different like moments and different things, I think they could have had a lot more fun with the animation and really changed it up. As you mentioned, Love, Death, and Robots, each story had its animation that matched the story they wanted to tell. And I think that that could have been really cool, and I think that was a missed opportunity for them to not have fun with that and bring in creators to animate these episodes to really fit better um, instead of trying to fit the stories into the animation style that they just chose. So I think that that Mm -hmm. was, in my opinion, lazy on their end. I think that that would have been really cool and I would have loved to see that. And I think that that could have brought me in a little bit more, you know, I, I enjoy the animation style and I like it for what it is, but yeah, I think if each one was a, that little bit different, I think that that could have been appealing for me to focus on for that. But overall, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've enjoyed our conversation about it and talking about these episodes makes me want to go back and watch them. Cause there are things that you said that I didn't catch because you know, I couldn't focus and, yeah. you know, I can find <laughs> myself drifting towards the phone, not to look at anything in particular, but just be like, Oh, it's on. So let me, you know, let me go make yeah. a quesadilla real quick and uh, <laughs> kind of listen to what's going on. And I, I feel like there were things that I missed and you've gotten like, I'm excited now talking about it. I'm like, Oh yeah, man, these were good. So I think I coming out of our conversation, I enjoyed this, show more than i did coming into it just mm-hmm. because now talking about it and having that opportunity i can feel that hype and feel that excitement and the the what if of it is kind of there so i I'm, I'm excited for episode four and definitely you know can't wait till we get to episode six so you and i can talk about it again yeah i think this episode this series is nine episodes so uh this is our part one we'll do a part two probably doing four five six do another part three doing seven eight nine 
uh yeah i'm having fun with it so what if yeah watch it guys yeah episodes one two and three we just got done talking about it a couple weeks here we'll hit episodes four five and six i'm excited to see what they what's coming i know zombies are coming i know um, I can't yeah. I can't remember if there's any other. That's the only other one that's off the top of my head. I know Doctor Strange is coming. I know Killmonger's coming. Um, well, we got we got episode four. I think is the Doctor Strange one. Okay. And then from the trailer, we've seen there's one where it's like, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark mm-hmm. in Iron Man one? Uh, like you said, the zombies one. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if there's a lot more that we we got coming, and we'll just have to. Wait and see like everyone else. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it and talk about it here on Raised a Geek podcast. You have anything else on What If, Don? Nah, man. Just uh, very enjoying it. What if this is a fantastic Marvel show? What if? Oh, (laughs) but I think that's going to wrap us up this week. For the Raised a Geek podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow the show. Hit us with those reviews. Hit us up on Twitter at Raised a Geek. Shoot us an email at raisedageek at gmail.com. Join the conversation. Show us some love, and we'll show it right back. But until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for listening to the Raised a Geek podcast. Where we all speak geek.